It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is, is the Go Birds Podcast. podcast presented by parks sportsbook and casino staying up late to record after a monday night game elliot couldn't suck more i hate watching this team i hate them they are so brutal to watch and it's an organizational failure from the top down we're gonna get into all of it but the leaks before the game the way it all played out the stupidity of it all and Elliot, you're not going to hear one. And and look, the offensive line was horrible. The roster is terrible. Jalen Rager, we'll get to you, buddy. All of it, but you will not hear one Carson Wentz excuse for me tonight. Let's get that out of the way right off the top. Because he was horrible. He was horrible in this game. Even the throws he completed were terrible passes that were caught that they just adjusted to. Elliot, it was a disastrous game Top to bottom, the only good thing the Eagles did was for people who bet on them, they got them an all-time fu cover at the end. But just, a, <laughs> just a disaster, Elliot. What, a, what a horrible! I, I'm so upset. Uh. We have to stay awake and talk about this game tonight. That's how I feel. The, the worst part for me is so I'll, I'm on the midday show, obviously with you, DeCamera, and Richie, and the discussion is like, are you excited for tonight? Are you excited for Monday night? And I was. I was excited for this game. To me, I thought the pot- the potential of seeing something different was exciting. The reports come out that Jalen Hurts was going to play more. He was getting more of the first-team snaps. And that's not even like an anti-Wentz take. It's just the team is so painful to watch that the idea of seeing anything different was exciting to me after watching them for the first eight, nine games or whatever it was prior to tonight. And then you get to the stadium. It's raining and disgusting outside. You know how I feel about rain. We can talk about that later. <laughs> But I'm happy you made it. I'm happy you're okay. Yeah. So, yeah, we can talk about the end of the pod. But, like, immediately, again, right off the bat, you can see what the game's going to be. It's like clockwork. It's insane. Each week, it's the exact same feeling. The feeling of the offense is terrible, the defense is just good enough but not inspiring, and you never feel like they have a chance to win. I mean, look, they were within one possession for a decent part of this game. Like, they were within five points. They, I mean, they were down 14 nothing, I guess, off the jump, but then they score before half to make it seven points. Like, they were stati- statistically in this game, but you just never feel like they have a chance. And then at points of the game, 
not tonight, but just in general, they'll do certain things that just make you start to say, okay, maybe they have it, right? Like the touchdown, they had two, the touchdown drive at the end of the uh, first half then leads into the field goal drive at the beginning of the third quarter. And you're saying, okay, you know, they have 130 yards of offense on the last two drives, like blah, blah, blah. But then you remember that they're the 2020 Eagles. And it's just, <laughs> it's it's insane. Like, it's exactly the same each week. There's never a change. There's never a deviation. It's never, you know, an interesting loss in a different way or an exciting win in that way or winning a game they shouldn't have won. Like, it's, it's just gross. It's so gross. And they're so bad. Uh, you know, I didn't get a chance to watch. I was at the stadium tonight. And trust me, it was not as fun if you're somebody that wishes you could have been here. But... It seems like the uh, announcers tonight were really ripping into everybody. Maybe potential future GM oh, Lewis, oh, Lewis Riddick. Lewis Riddick was dropping some takes, but you know, like it's just, it's just there's such an embarrassment, and to have it happen in national TV and for everybody to be able to see what they are, like everyone on Twitter is just flaming them. Current former players are tweeting how bad Carson is. I saw uh, Kevin Cl- To is ripping into Carson, like. And look, let's get into the, some of the specifics, but that's just the general feeling, which is like they're they're just not getting any better. There's no signs of improvement. There's no signs of creativity. There's no signs of life. It's exactly the same every week. They have major structural problems with this team. I still feel like Carson is the biggest problem. But, you know, if you're one of those people that thinks it's everybody and not just Carson, like, you know, tonight was a night for you because I didn't think the offense was creative. I didn't, you know, any of those things. So well, let's get into it. But it's just the same feeling of like, God, just do something different. Like, please, for our own sanity, like lose 42 to nothing if you have to. I don't care. But do something different. Like, just please. Other than these pointless, like one score losses that feel like they lost by 40. <laughs> lose 42 to nothing. That would be better. That is the ultimate statement about the 2020 Eagles and what we watch because I'm with you it's like it's again we keep calling it a root canal that might be nice it's like worse than a root canal whatever's worse than a root canal that's what watching this Eagles team is and look we're going to get into it point by point because you mentioned it but uh, to the the overall point and Lewis Riddick and Brian Greasy but particularly Riddick crushed Howie in this broadcast and we'll get into some of the specifics but I was actually he is not a Howie guy not a Howie guy no and he he I was shocked you never hear announcers kind of go after uh, them like that he had a hammer line talking about the fact that since uh was it 2013 the Eagles have drafted one pro bowler Carson Wentz since 2013 like that he is, might be the biggest problem with the and, team right and he, exactly and 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 it's just it was such a hammer line and then, you know, just crushing the, the decision to draft Hurts. And what's the plan? They kept saying, what's the plan? And that's what it feels like. And, and again, we'll get to specifics, but just on a, a, a macro level, my number one take coming to the game, and, and I, you know, I think Howie is the biggest problem. You think Carson is the biggest problem. I'm not going to fight you on Carson tonight because he was awful. We'll get to him in one second. But I do think that that what we're seeing play out on a week-to-week basis is is an organizational failure from the top la- top down. And Jeffrey Lurie starts to need, needs to start taking some heat for this. Howie Roseman needs to take a ton of heat for this. Doug Peterson needs to take heat for this. And Carson Wentz needs to take heat for this. This is a, a failure on all levels. And we're seeing it with before the game. There's a, a report about how Jeffrey Lurie told uh, – Doug Pearson to play hurts more, and yeah. then and then there's like yeah. spin immediately from the Eagles to to you know reporters being like, oh well, they were just saying that Doug has the right to make the call. This like BS it like response to it, and that's not even including the whole like JP like hero stuff that came up. It's just this whole organization is a mess, and we see it week to week, week to week. Elliot, you always say you always make the joke, and it's a great line, and it's a true line. But even when they're bad, they're never boring. But they're never boring right now because they're a mess, because they're a yeah. disaster, because they're a dumpster fire from top down, and there's leaks about this, and there's issues with this, and it's no plan whatsoever. I mean, the hurt stuff. What are they doing? He had two snaps tonight, Elliot. Yeah, let's, let's the, get into the what hurt. What the hell was it? What? All right, we'll get to Wentz in a sec, but the idea that Jalen Hurts got more snaps this week, and, and I know Doug refuted that before the game and all that type of stuff, but... But the hurt stuff where they literally two snaps and also there was the one play where they had to call a timeout because he like yeah. ran to the huddle. He wasn't supposed to be there. Or was and Wentz wasn't supposed to be there. Who the hell knows? Like wh- that was 
of of many embarrassments tonight. The whole Jalen Hurts of it all, especially when you mentioned that they're getting on a roll at the end of the half. It almost felt like if they had not gotten that touchdown at the end of the half, they would have benched Wentz at the half yep. and went straight to Hurts. It was just a fiasco, Elliot. Well, okay, so the thing that so being down at the stadium, like. I will say that it was very low energy here tonight. Granted, there were no fans, obviously, but even the games early in the year that had fans, you could feel more of a buzz. There was not a ton of buzz at the stadium tonight, but one thing that was noticeable was, to me, it looked like Hertz was coming into the game thinking he was going to play more. You could see it in warm-ups. He had an extra pep in his step. He had a fresh haircut. Like, he was ready to go. Prior to kickoff, he, like, went up to Doug, and they did some type of, like, chest bump, like, bro hug type of thing. Throughout the whole game, he was right next to Doug, like within two or three yards. He he was like an antsy kid, like itching to get into the game. Like I could feel from up in the press box how badly he wanted to play. And I think he came into the game thinking he was going to play. And what was interesting is, or maybe I shouldn't say interesting, which what, what was like sad and pathetic was the way this <laughs> game started. Like, what are they doing? Like you mentioned, you know, you draft that the announcers said, or we, we've all kind of said, you draft Jalen Hurts in the second round, like you have to have a plan. They do not have a plan with Jalen Hurts. Like, there is no amazing package coming where they're going to do these creative plays with with Jalen Hurts. There's no—I don't even think there's, frankly, a, a plan to bench Carson. Like, maybe it happens against Green Bay next week. I wouldn't completely rule it out, but I just don't know. But, I mean, they legitimately just, like, put Hurts in there to throw a six-yard out or whatever it was to Alshon. Like, <laughs> like, th- like, there's no rhyme or reason to it. But, but what I think matters is— and, you know, this was just my feeling up in the press box. I wasn't down on the field, so I, obviously. So I don't know, like, how it felt down there. But up in the press box, it felt like everybody was just waiting to see when Hurts was going to go in. And I'm sure Carson felt that. Like, I'm sure Carson was out on the field, like, looking to see, like, is, Car- is, is Jalen coming in? Are they pulling me for this play? Like, what's going to happen now? And I actually thought once the offense was out there for a few drives and the pressure of Jalen not coming in, like, mo- you know, came away a little. Like, I thought Wentz played better. Obviously, Again, it's sad that his quarterback rating was in the 60s, and I'm walking away thinking he wasn't, like, completely awful tonight. It sounds like you actually might think he played worse than I did. But um, regardless, like, the Jalen Hurts thing, it's just – it's just it's such a complete joke. Like, imagine me telling you last year after they beat Washington – or they beat New York the final game of the season to clinch the division, and I said to you, you know what, James? Like, this is awesome. Like, Carson's playing great. But I think next year Carson's going to, like, line up at wide receiver about, you know, three or four plays a game. <laughs> oh I mean, think about that. Like, I think sometimes the absurdity of it, we're so used to it that we don't let that set in. Like, they are moving Carson Wentz out to receiver to put their backup quarterback in. Like, how wild is that? Like, if you are going to bench Carson, then bench Carson. But this whole not pulling off the Band-Aid thing, doing both of them, it does a service to nobody. It doesn't help Carson. It doesn't help the the offense. It doesn't help the team. And it doesn't help Jalen Hurts. I texted uh, one of my friends during the game, like, imagine being Jalen Hurts. You come from Alabama, one of the best-run football programs in the country, to Oklahoma, another one of the best-run football countries, to this mess of a team. And you're probably like, what is this? Like, what is going on? So the the way they use Jalen Hurts just makes no sense at all. And they, they've got to either stop doing it or just put Jalen in, like, period, done. Like, the, uh, like no more of these two quarterback plays, no more of Jalen coming in every once in a while. It's absolutely pointless. It's completely pointless. Look, there's a reason that we have watched football as long as we have, and there's never been a truly successful two-quarterback system. Like, there's a yeah. reason. There's a reason. Because it doesn't work. It's ridiculous. It's asinine. Like you said, just it, look – I, I would have advocated for them just going to Hurts at points in this game, and it felt clear at a certain point they weren't going to, so it was like, whatever. But, I mean, if you're going to do it, like you said, do it. At least put him in for a series, much less yep. a drive. Like, give the kid a chance to get in some sort of rhythm. Like, anyone's going to be cold coming into a game, you know, doing one play here and there. Like, it's just a weird thing. Like, it makes no sense. And then on top of that, when you do bring him in and don't do anything exciting or creative with him, then then like double what's the point. Like, yeah, it, it just makes absolutely no sense. Like uh, the whole and, handling of the whole situation is just mystifying to me. And it can't be stated enough what this probably does to Carson. And again, like he is struggling. I'm not like crying a pity party for Carson, but it can't be stated enough like what it is and what it must feel like to know that somebody is like right over your corner. You want to talk like the definition of having to look over your corner, uh, over your corner, having, having to look, look over your shoulder. Like 
This is the definition of it. Carson has to look over his shoulder every play to see if, if he's supposed to come off the field and Jalen's coming in. Like, think about that. Like, every play, he has to wonder if that's going to happen. And it just, it's a mess. Now, I texted you this, and, I'm you know, we can talk about it on the pod. But, like, I, I do think that Jeffrey Lurie owes it to Doug Peterson to try it with Jalen before he fires him. Well, what do you I, think? I think it's an interesting thought, and we'll get there in one sec. I, I do just okay. want to kind of tie a bow on the, the first part of the conversation with Hertz. With, look, the idea that, that when talking about Wentz, and again, we'll get to Wentz in a sec as we're about to, um, but even though Wentz has been awful, um, I mean, this roster, there is just so little talent, like so little explosiveness offensively for this team. And, and Rager will talk more in depth of later. But again, it just it just feels like there's no separation. It feels like there's no one who can sprint away from anyone. The offensive line, I mean, the 10th combo in 11 games, the first time that's happened since 1987. And, and, and it looks like it. I mean, they've been awful, too. Again, I'm not going to absolve Wentz tonight, but I, I mean – the numbers are pretty insane. A lot of sacks are on him, but there are also a lot of sacks where he just has no chance. And that O-line is just a sieve and, and just a mm-hmm. disaster in pass blocking. And, and look, we'll get to Doug too, but I think Doug could have helped him out more too. But ultimately... Well, there, were pl- there were plays to be made there. Today. There were. there like, were. Look, I, I, Wentz was horrible. We'll get to him in a sec. But ultimately, to, to round back to Hurts, I do think that, again, if nothing else, if you're going to... like. It all comes back to the fact that the timeline of this whole thing is so ridiculous, as we've talked about so many times, that they, like you just said, they finished the season with Wentz. He's played his best four games since 2017. He carried them to the playoffs. You've just given him this huge contract before the season, and then you draft Hurts. Like, none of it has made any sense from the beginning. So it does, to me, come back on Howie, Lori, whoever made these decisions and ran with them. But to your point about Doug and Hurts, and I do think it's an interesting one because – I do understand. It. Look, let, let's let's it, let me table that for a sec while we talk about Carson, because it does sound like for the first time I'm more negative on Carson after a game than you are. I, I thought Carson was just awful, awful, okay. I, I, like absolutely horrendous. And I don't think Doug helped him out a lot. We'll get to Doug, but you know, I think we could have ran the ball more. I think he still has not moved the pocket, has not moved Carson out of the pocket as much, done all that type of stuff, but. I mean, again, Carson's lack of accuracy was on absolute full display in tonight's game. The announcers talked about it towards the end. I mean, basically every single one of those throws at the end other than the Hail Mary was just sailed, not even close. And, you know, just throughout the game, even the ones he completed, like a lot of the Goddard catches, the Sanders drop, which he should have caught, but... Like, none of these balls were just in, in good spots. Like, they were, it was poor placement. It was behind guys. They had to adjust to catch them. They're never getting the ball and able to really make anything happen in space. And, and I know that's something you've harped on for a while. I thought it was just, it was in full effect tonight. I really, I thought Carson was awful. And then that interception, again, I hated Doug's decision to go for it and not kick the field goal there. We'll talk about that in more depth. But, I mean, that interception was. I mean, pathetic. It was a pathetic throw. And, you know, I, I just think, I mean, I was so down on Carson tonight in this game, coming out of it. There were multiple times in this game where I wanted them to go to Hertz, where I was ready to see what Hertz could do because Carson was just abysmal. And, I, look, I think, uh, I think that, I, I think that on, a, on a macro level, many of the failures on this offense can be traced back to the, the – obscene lack of talent and explosiveness on the offense. But, I mean, the way Carson played tonight, I don't think you're winning any game with that guy. No, I mean, look, it's the another week where he's outplayed by the opposing quarterback. And I know tonight is Russell Wilson, so you don't expect him to outplay Wilson Russell Wilson. Wilson wasn't even that with, great tonight. You know, it was like no. the worst Russell Wilson we've seen against the Eagles. And that's a statement within itself that you don't even entertain the idea he – the idea he will outplay Russell Wilson, considering where he was at a few years ago. But, you know, I thought the beginning of the game was, again, like a perfect example of why I just can't get there and blaming Doug over Carson. They both deserve blame, but I, why I'm firm in that Carson deserves more blame is they come out and Doug designs a play, a nice easy throw for Carson to get oh, him going horrible. in his stride. Horrible. Greg Ward is wide open over yeah. the middle. It's a it nice, a easy throw. throw. And he just, say it like it just, you know, it's five yards over 
Greg Ward's head. Like, you know, it's just, it's, and then and he there were a, a few throw, of those. I there were a few of those throws. There were a few of those throws. Yeah. Like he got lucky with a couple PI calls. That one that got her on that last drive or second last drive, whatever. I mean, that was a, a horrible throw that they just got lucky with. Yeah, that was underthrown and he was able to draw a pass interference. But if it's a better throw, it's a it's maybe a touchdown. And they it was similar to a play earlier in the game where there was a throw there to be made. And I know he was hit as he threw it, but like Dallas Goddard is open. There is a big play to be made there and he misses him like Carson's main issue. And it, it it's the core of the problem of this team. Like there are lots of problems, but the core of the problem of the team is they do not have an accurate quarterback. And it was very much on display tonight when you watch Russell Wilson play. Like, you watch Carson, and as you mentioned, the balls are like, they're high, they're low, they're off to the side. Like, And then you watch Russell Wilson, and the majority of his throws are exactly where they need to be. Like, they're not all caught, but like they're exactly where they need to be, and it allows the offense to move in rhythm. It allows the players to get yards after the catch. Like, And that is Carson's problem, is that he cannot do that. And... That, that's why they struggled to maintain any offense. I mean, look, they had midway through the fourth quarter, or sorry, midway through the second quarter, they had four yards of offense. Yesterday, <laughs> the Denver Broncos on Sunday, without a quarterback, with a practice squad co- receiver playing quarterback, had 27 yards of offense. Like, the offense is broken, and there are lots of reasons for it, but when Doug spends all week getting Carson ready, he dials up easy plays at the beginning of the game that are there to be made, and Carson misses them, like, I'm sorry. I can't get on Doug about that. And we're a bottom line podcast. Doug deserves the blame for the fact that this offense is abysmal. And I do think he'll end up getting the blame. Like, I believe Doug will be fired at the end of the year. But there is Doug cannot go out there and throw the balls for Carson. Like, there are plays to be made, and Carson is simply not making them. And that is just not Doug's fault. It's not. Like, Carson is not Jalen Hurts. He is not a rookie. He is not making his first NFL, like getting real NFL action. This is his 56th game in the NFL. He makes $128 million. If you have to simplify the offense and he can't even complete those passes, like, you know, what else is the franchise supposed to do? Like, how can you judge anybody else? Yeah. Look, I, I, I put more of the weight on the roster and on Doug than you do. But again, like tonight, a game like tonight, and I know we've had instances of it certainly at times through the season, but a game like tonight, I agree. Like, I think Carson was absolutely awful. As bad a quarterback, you know, and the, the last few games, like, it's been kind of as bad a quarterback play as you're going to see at a high level in the NFL. You know, he's, he's been abysmal. He's been absolutely awful. I just think the blame for that goes to a lot of places. But, again, bottom line, to go back to your question, to go back to the thing that started this conversation – I think that's a really interesting point, and I don't think it's unfair. I don't think it's unfair to say, all right, Doug, let's see what you can do with Jalen Hurts. Let's see if it's if you're the problem or if – and, again, I don't – I've said this multiple times, so you know this. I don't think Jalen Hurts is going to be successful. I think this this whole discussion is much ado about nothing because I don't think Jalen Hurts is going to step into this situation and be successful because of Doug and because of the, the, the roster around him. But, yeah, I, I think it's a fair thing at this point. Look, I think we're at the point where Carson Wentz deserves to be benched, like flat out. Like there's no equivocating. There's no fighting against it. Do I think that Carson Wentz is fixable? Do I think that Carson Wentz can – look, I don't I don't think we're ever seeing 2017 again. I, factual, you know, that's the way I feel. Yeah, but I, do not I, happening. Do I think he could be a top 10 quarterback again in the NFL? Yeah, I, I think that is possible. Do I think – Anything close is happening this season? No, I don't. I don't think he's getting any better this season because we've had 12, what, 11 games now to see him get better, and he hasn't gotten any better. If anything, he's mm-hmm. gotten worse. So, yeah, I'm at the point where I think it's fair to everybody. So, would to, you, to try would you start Jalen Hurts? Would you yeah. start Jalen Hurts? Yeah, I would start Jalen Hurts next week. Okay. I'm still, not, there's just still part of me that can't pull the trigger on that. I do believe, like, if, if Lurie's plan is to fire Doug, then I think he owes it to him to play Jalen Hurts to see if if see what the problem is, right? Like, it's unfair to me, and Doug holds blame in it, but it's unfair to me that Doug will lose his job because of Carson Wentz's struggles, and in an attempt to save Carson's career, Doug will lose his job. I don't think that's fair. So I, I would be interested in seeing Doug and Jalen Hurts. I would understand the decision. And, you know, as much as I'm hesitant because of what it would create, like, we might be past that already. I mean, it might be past the point of doing damage to the Carson Wentz ego I, relationship. Honestly, like, at this point, it might, it might, it might help him. Who knows? Maybe might be better. Exactly. Maybe needs to be humbled. 
maybe he needs to be humbled. Maybe he needs to be shown that that it's not his team anymore. Whatever. I don't know. I don't know because whatever this is, it ain't it. <laughs> like that's what I know. I know that for a fact. So. Yeah, Elliot, yeah. I'm with you at this point. I you can't worry about that stuff anymore. I mean, this is a joke. I mean, you talk about you know feeling bad for certain people. I mean, I feel bad for the defense tonight. I mean, like on nights like this, where again, was the defense amazing? No, but was the defense? Oh, hold on. I mean, amazing. I, I guess is that's. Strong, I'm not saying were... amazing. Let me get there. I'm saying they were not amazing, but were they damn good and good enough to win? Yeah, like they were way good enough to win. That's that's the point. And, like, it's got to suck for those guys to watch the offense just suck like that and to know, like, that that what you're doing is for naught because your offense can't do anything. I mean, that sucks. So, you know, I definitely I, – I, I feel for them. Let's get to Doug, though, because we – I understand the idea of not saying I'm not going to put this one on Doug because Carson was so bad because he was. Carson was awful. But I also, again – Week after week, Elliot, let's forget the play calling thing because that goes back and forth. I think that he has lacked creativity, lacked, uh, you know, tailoring things to Carson's strengths. We've argued about that. But outside of the, the play calling stuff, I just see a team that, that week after week is incredibly undisciplined and doesn't execute. Like, I can get by understanding. Look, I, I blame so much on Ari Roseman, more than anyone. The, of, if, again, as you know, if I say who is the most blamed for where this team is at right now, Wentz, Doug, Howie, I'm going to say Howie every time. But mm -hmm. I do think that Doug does deserve some blame for, even though the roster's bad, even though this team is not as talented and their quarterback's playing bad, for them not playing crisp, for them not executing, for them not coming out and playing disciplined football and not getting stupid penalties. I mean, again, like every week, Malik Jackson, that penalty was so stupid. Like, what are you doing there? Like, it's just over and over and over again. We just see these types of things. And then the the challenge on the DK Metcalf catch was a, was an awful, horrendous challenge. I understand why he did it, but it was a horrendous challenge. And then let's get to it. The fourth and four call to not kick the field goal there was like, coaching malpractice i mean everybody kicks well, the field goal there that was crazy all right you said a lot there let me let me take yes, it i yes. guess i'll start no i'll start at by the point end. i i do want to talk about the defense on a larger scale but I'll, let's start let's start with doug so i i thought the dk challenge i was okay with it because i do think it was close and you needed anything you could do to kind of like you know, keep this, you just needed any type of like momentum change you could get. But the fact that they had already lost one timeout because of, you know, just being sloppy before the snap made that a bad challenge because then you lose it and now you're down to one timeout the remainder of the game. Now it didn't end up mattering because up until that Hail Mary, it was, the game was out of reach. Like, so it didn't end up mattering, but I was okay with the, the challenge on the play. I just, I didn't think I didn't like it because of the timeout situation. The fourth down, uh, where you're talking about, there was two of them. There was the one where it went through the interception. Yeah, and I'm talking about that. the interception. Okay. I'm talking about not kicking a field goal there. The the fourth and two at midfield, like I, I was fine going for it. it I I thought it was a tough call. I was okay with them going for it against okay, so I, Seattle. I didn't like that one. I, but I, I hated the not kicking the field goal. That to me was a disastrous decision. Yeah, I did too. I thought it was. You know, I guess an example of you know you need a touchdown at one point, so just try to get it there. But you do extend the game at that point. Like, you make it a one-possession game, and then, you know, you see what happens. The fact that it resulted in an interception, which was just, like, I don't know what Carson is looking at. Like, maybe he's expecting Goddard to do something different, but the the ball was nowhere near him, and now he's 15 interceptions on the season. So it just is what it is. But, I, yeah, I didn't like that. The fourth, the other one, the fourth and two at midfield, my problem with that is, like, the defense was playing well. Like, why risk it at that point? Pin them deep. Cam Johnson is a very good punter. Pin them deep. Try to get into a field goal. I mean, a field position battle where you have the advantage. So I didn't like either of the fourth down calls. But, you know, as much as we blame Carson, and he's certainly a large part of the reason, like, you know, like, Doug is getting closer to where I hope he is not fired. I don't think he deserves to be fired. But, like, if your offense comes out, and is as bad as it was, like, I can't help but but throw some blame on you for that. And the offense had nine points today. They're one of only two teams in the league that have not scored 30 points this year, them and the Jets. And for those that listen to our weekly podcast, where we make our picks. Like, I think the Jets are such a joke that I promise not to pick them all year. So that is the territory that Doug Peterson's Eagles are at. They're one of only two teams not to score 30 points. That's insane in today's NFL. So, yeah, I mean, 
yeah, the, I didn't like the fourth call, down calls. I was okay with the challenge, but you know, it obviously backfired. So yeah, not not a great performance from Doug, and and he certainly deserves blame with with how the Jalen Hurts thing is happening. I mean, who knows with the Jeffrey Lurie report and all that, but it, it was a complete disaster to watch his handling of the beginning of this game. And Carson hurt him, but it was the beginning of the game was was a Doug problem. Absolutely, and and, and it goes to the undisciplined stuff, and it goes to the. Um, you know, the, the lack of execution, the lack of, you know, focus and specifics and, and all, I mean, again, like football at, at its most basic, basic, basic level is a game of execution. If you execute yes. better than the other side, you're going to win more often than not, you know, like that's really what it comes down to. And this team is just so sloppy and, and so undisciplined. I mean, those are two things that are, are just so so unacceptable from a coach and it, and it's so frustrating because 2017 that was such a hallmark of the, the that team like they were every game they came out ready to play from the jump and they were so tight and well coached and well and they played so well but like this team it's just every week it's sloppy football it's undisciplined football and that is the kind of thing that that you can't blame a bad roster for you know you can blame injuries a little bit i get it but but you can't blame that for that. That's something where, you know, maybe Doug's coaching style, uh, and this is just conjecture, but his coaching style where he kind of gives these guys a pass and lets them go easy and stuff, which has worked in certain situations, maybe in situations where, like this one where, you know, you're kind of lacking talent and, and you know, you kind of need more from people and, and whatever. I don't know. It's just it's clearly not working because this team does not play with any fire and they don't execute. Yeah. I agree. I mean, look, Jeffrey Lurie, <laughs> Jeffrey Lurie was at this game tonight. Uh, it'll be he interesting. He did not to see look happy are. when they showed him on TV, Elliot. I'll no, I saw much. some screenshots. He didn't look happy. Howie also looked like a deer in headlights at well, the time. I'm I saw sure him. What, when when DK Metcalf is out there like a man among boys. We're 30 minutes into this podcast and we haven't mentioned DK Metcalf. Oh, well, my here's Lord, it. Elliot. Oh my Lord, that guy could have been an eagle. I can't. That I can't, Elliot. That that tweet again floating around with the picture of J. Jaw with the umbrella being held over him, yeah. and DK Metcalf like an Adonis standing there, like with yeah. like thirty pack or whatever the hell it is. Like, and you look at it, and you just like you're like, how could anyone possibly stand in a room with those two guys separately and look at one and look at the other and say, eh? I'm going to take the little guy. Like, how is it possible? How is that possible? Well, the amazing Elliot? part of it is that part of the reason they picked DK was because they had, I mean, they picked JJ was because they had medical concerns about DK, which like, wow. but so this will be a tweet that'll make you sad. So I'll, I'll read it to you. Uh, so I guess D, DK after the game tonight, uh, uh, I saw said, this. I, I saw it. Yeah. There. Said uh, he could have, he, he was ready to call Philadelphia home, but they didn't draft him. So he's got to make them pay. And he does. I mean, he does. Oh, like, does he? he is unreal. And uh, as as much as I've stood up for the defense and they were, they were good. Like, they played good enough to win the game. Uh, Darius Slay was not. Darius Slay no. struggled against no. DK. And look. DK is maybe the best receiver in the NFL. Yeah, so, look, some of those, some of those catches, like particularly that last big one down the sideline, like he can't cover it much better. Like it was a great throw and a great catch, and that happens sometimes. But Darius Slade did not have a good game. Yeah, and then the the long catch that put them down at the one yard line. I only saw one replay of it, so I apologize if this is incorrect. But to me, it looked like he literally just ran right by Darius Slay. Like it, it wasn't like. He, you know, juked him or like had anything going on. He just ran right down the field and caught it. So that's not good. And again, DK is good, but you pay and you trade for Darius Slay for games like this. And you don't have to completely shut down DK because that's really tough to do. But you can hold him to better than cat ten catches for 177 yards. Like you know, you can yeah, be better than career that. high. And, yeah, you could say that. Yeah. And I guess Darius let Darius Slay said after the game that he let the team down and the de and he told the defense it was on him and. I mean, he, he's right. Like, he he did really struggle. But overall, the defense played good enough to win. They had two fourth down stops on the first two possessions. Um, they had him at one point of, like, one on one of four on third down. Let's see what they ended up at. The Seahawks end up at two of ten on third down, which is, really you know, good. obviously very yeah. good. 
Um, yeah, so it, I can't blame the defense. Uh, can't blame the defense on this one at, at all. No, and, the you know, D line played well. Josh Sweat was there. Fletcher Cox at times was really good. Alex Singleton continues to make plays. Rodney McLeod yet again, another game with him flying around. I thought on the whole, like, he did get carried into the end zone. He though, did for what it's worth. To be fair, and he also <laughs> bounced off of DK Metcalf on that one play. But um, I thought on the whole, other than Slay, the defense. Look, they they. They were solid, you know. Again, were they perfect? No, but they certainly were so far from the reason the Eagles lost this game. I will say I would like a few more playmaker-type plays. You know, that's the one thing if you're going to rip this defense. You could say, like, man, not a lot of turnovers, not a lot of interceptions nope. particularly. Like, that is something that you know, kind of separates them from a good-to-great type of defense. But I thought tonight, again, like, you just – anyone blaming the defense is crazy. Well, and, you know, there's a lot of talk about people not wanting Jim Schwartz back. And I look, if they fire the coaching staff, Jim Schwartz is presumably gone as well. But if I'm Jim Schwartz, like outside of the fact that it's a job that pays you well and you have person, you have like good, you know, pretty decent amount of personnel control over the defense. Like, why would you want to come back? Like most weeks, this defense is put in bad spots. The offense is terrible. And then Jim Schwartz catches heat. He probably won't catch much heat this week. But yeah, I, I uh, the defense, the defense was absolutely fine. Should, should we get into your other uh, subject that makes you sad off of tonight? The uh, the Jalen Rager. Um, might as well. Yeah, I have a, yeah, might as well. I mean, I have a list and and it's on it. So let's. Sorry, not not to not to skip. No, no, I was about to. I just, so anyway, yeah, I got. I don't. I was looking to see on my list if I have anything else about the defense, and I don't. So we may as well do Jalen Rager now. God, what a disappointment, man! And look to everyone out there. And I know we've done this before, but look. It's okay to say that Jalen Rager is not nor will ever be as good as Justin Jefferson. It's okay because he's not. He'll never be. Justin Jefferson is so much better. Justin Jefferson, DK Metcalf. I mean, oh, my God. Like maybe two of the five to ten, certainly five best contract receivers, you know, age contract, and two of the ten best receivers maybe, period. Metcalf, like you said, might be the single best receiver in football right now. Like it's it's devastating. And – I don't know, Elliot. Look, I know that we haven't seen a ton of Jalen Rager, and I'm certainly not there, so I don't know how open he is on certain plays and whatnot. But, man, that speed that we were sold, that game speed, that next-gen stats, whatever, I ain't seeing it, Elliot. I don't see a lot of separation. I don't see, wow, Jalen Rager getting wide open. Like, I don't see it, man. Yeah, well, that was my thing. So early on in the game, at least I, I believe it was early on, there was a pass down the sideline where it looked like probably should have been pass interference called, and maybe there should have been. But my biggest takeaway from that was you watch it, and Jalen Rager does not look fast. And like you said, when they drafted him, we were told he's quicker than he looks because of the next gen, you know, like the tracking information they have on him. But the reality is he did not run an impressive 40 time, and he looks like that 40 time out on the field. He does not look fast and he does not look elusive. Like they try to get him the ball in situations and, you know, they're not the best blocked plays. Like I'll give him that, but he does not look like a guy where you're like, get him the ball in space. Like one thing you hear a lot is Doug needs to get these guys in space and get Rager in space. Like Rager doesn't look fast or elusive. So sure. Maybe you can get him in space and something will happen, but just the eye test on Rager, like you mentioned, he's not running wide open each week. He's not making magnificent catches in tight coverage. Like, He's not doing any of that. I mean, his only touchdown all year was a one-yard gimme touchdown that, you know, like anybody could have scored. So it just it, – it, it, it's, it's disappointing. Like when you, when you watch him, it's disappointing. And they – that was probably part of the – part of the problem with their strategy is they put so much pressure on the draft in, term, in terms of needing to find a difference maker. And the evaluation of Justin Jefferson and Jalen Reger was wrong. And the the logic of it was wrong. They drafted Jalen Rager so he could be a speed option down the field. Jalen Rager does not look fast enough to be a speed option down the field. I know he had the 55-yard catch in the first half against Washington. But since then, in multiple games, he has not come anywhere close to being a deep threat down the field. And it's a problem. Like, it is a problem. And, you know, I see people talking about who they could draft. I think they're number six right now. And Jamar Chase is a name that comes up. And, look, I get it. Like, I think Jamar Chase is going to be a stud. But the problem with drafting Rager is you cannot use your number one pick like two years in a row on a small speed receiver. Like this team has major flaws. And I think they're going to have to pass on Jamar Chase 
because of how badly they missed on Jalen Rager, oh, but because they used the pick. Oh, like I know. You cannot... I get it, Elliot. I get it. That sucks, man. That sucks. Especially when every other freaking receiver taken around Jalen Rager and after Jalen Rager in the second round and whatever is a stud. And 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 the guy taken right after him that we all wanted is a super stud. It just sucks, man. It is such again. Until I I die, I will beat this drum, and hopefully I don't die before he's gone. Howie Roseman's a disaster. Howie Roseman is a disaster to again quote Lou Riddick, who again it is so rare to see national broadcasters hammer general managers hammer a team's general manager, much less a national broadcaster who used to work with him. Like, it was crazy. Again, to quote Lou Riddick, one pro bowler drafted since 2013. Yeah. We're not even saying all pro, Elliot. We're saying pro bowler. Like, come on. Well, the other issue is, so, you know, Jalen Rager is what he is. He's going to get a lot of snaps. They're going to play him until they, they feel they know one way or the other. I think it's trending in one way that... We're not going to want to admit, but I think we our eyes tell us like what we see with Jalen Rager. But you have something in Travis Fulgham that looks promising, and like where is he at? Like what's going on with that? That was I literally. Mean, li thank you. Literally, the next note after Rager on my list is Travis Fulgham question mark. Like what the hell happened? Yeah. Well, so really quick before we move on to Fulgham, actually, sorry to do this, but I guess Jim Schwartz went up to DK Metcalf prior to the game and said. I was in Detroit with Megatron. You're no Megatron. <laughs> Good job, Jim. That's awesome. Yeah. What, what, nice uh, job by you. What a dick. Really? Yeah. So whatever. But with, with Travis Fulgham, um, it's clearly Alshon. Like I, I was confident. And Did, this is what I believe they played him. What are we doing? I'm sorry. This is my fault. We're 40 minutes into this podcast. Alshon over Fulgham. Like what is happening in this world right now? I mean, in the first half, Alshon had two targets and Fulgham had none. Like, Fulgham was one of the legitimate bright spots of this team. Oh, maybe one of the only bright spots of this team. And he's completely non-existent. Now, part of that is opposing defenses are now trying to stop him. They were not trying before, right? So that is absolutely part of it. But the other part of it is Alshon is back. And you can see the difference. Like, Doug said they were going to try to get Alshon more involved. And he wasn't lying. Like, at one point in the game, he was their number one receiver. He ends the game with four targets for 15 yards, only no, no, only Rager had more targets than Alshon did tonight. And it makes no sense. There's a play late in the fourth quarter where Carson drops back. He tries to hit Alshon down the sideline. And it looked like the ball was overthrown initially, but then you watch the replay and like Alshon gets no burst whatsoever out of his break. Like literally once he, once the ball is snapped, like he, it's, he's slow. He is so slow. And it's just ridiculous that he's playing. Like I turned to Jimmy Kemsky at one point. I'm like, why do you think they're playing him? Like, do you think like they're going to try to trade? They think they, they could trick somebody into trading for him this offseason. Like, what's the point? He's not going to be here next year. Travis Fulgham is like, I, I just don't, I don't get it at all. I like, it's Fulgham like terrible in practice. I just, I don't understand what None could be going on. None of it makes here. any sense. This organization is being run so poorly, Elliot. And look, JP, we haven't even gotten to that. He was horrible and that whole thing with like first of all why is he playing over nate herbig who at least theoretically could be a part of the future a b the just the whole situation with jason peters from start to finish the jason peters signing from start to finish has been a shit show just like everything it goes back to the point we made at the top of the podcast that is just the flat out truth is that this organization is a dumpster fire right now that's what it is. That's why stuff like this is happening. Alshon Jeffrey playing over Travis Fulgham is like malpractice. Again, I've used that word multiple times during this podcast. Yeah. That's how bad things are. Like that's a, that's a joke. It's a joke. This whole thing's a joke, Elliot. They are they are a horrible franchise right now. They are a well, horrible the, franchise right now. That's the tough part. Is you know our job is to talk about them and we want to do it in a different way, but it's the same problems each week. It's how I started the pod. Like it's the same things. Like. Bad draft picks, bad game planning, bad quarterback play. Like, it just never changes. And it was an interesting few days of reports. I know we talked about the Larry report on the on Go Birds Radio on Saturday, but like things are really starting to fall apart. Like they might oh, legitimately. Well, let me let me let me read you a tweet. How about that? Perfect perfect timing for me to throw this one in here that I just saw. Mike Garofolo, uh, from Mike Garofolo, who obviously pretty plugged in with the Eagles. 
I've said here and elsewhere recently, Doug Peterson's job isn't in jeopardy. I can't say that with any confidence anymore. Jeff Lurie mm-hmm. isn't happy at all, and performances like tonight will have him seriously assessing this coach's status. Look, buddy. I think Doug is gone. Buddy. I do think. Buddy. Man, I do think Doug is gone, but then, like, you know, pregame, I'm sitting in the press box, I'm looking down the field, and, like, Larry's talking to Howie, they're, like, you know, laughing it up, and then you just think, like, Larry does like these guys, you know, yeah, like, personally, Larry likes dude, them. He's and getting like, embarrassed, I mean, we saw Larry get embarrassed on national television tonight, we know he hates that stuff. Yeah, I I, no, you're right, but, like. I don't know. Look, they, they looked like a team tonight that needed a major change. This is not a team that is going to fix itself. And that's part of the thing with, with putting Hertz in over Wentz is, look, maybe Hertz, maybe Wentz does not deserve to be benched, right? You could talk me into not being deserved. Right. Well, I think he probably does. But my point Definitely is, like, I'm does. not beating the drum of saying, like, you have to sit Wentz, right? But regardless, the last chance this team has to save the season is to put Jalen Hurts in. It's that's just a fact. Like the only major change they can make left is the quarterback. And that's just the reality of being the quarterback. And next week at Green Bay, look, they're going to get absolutely demolished by Green Bay. But like the only chance they have of sparking this team is with Hertz because the trio of Howie, Doug and Carson is broken and nothing is fixing it. Nothing like not a top five pick, not an offseason where they can make all types of changes. And, you know, I would caution people this offseason not to try to be a buzzkill, but like Again, it's just so funny to think of going back to the draft and, you know, like how he's talking and he's like, you know, joking about how they were on the board and they were like, well, remember how, you know, we, we needed speed. And so he just takes all the fast guys and everyone's all excited because they had all these fast guys and, you know, who's all going to play and they're going to be going down the field all the time. It doesn't matter. Like they're, they're the trio of Doug Howie and Carson does not work. You can surround them with any combination of players. Old, older veteran offensive linemen, younger, older receivers, you know, younger receivers, different running backs, whatever. The trio doesn't work. Howie can't draft players for Doug. Doug and Howie feels like that's not a working combo, and Doug and Carson don't work. So it, it you maybe they won't change them this offseason, but nothing is going to change until one of them is gone. Yeah, or multiple of them at this point. Yeah. And I, look, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, I don't want them to save the season at this point, but I agree with your point. The only chance they have is Hurts at this point. It's the only spark. It's the only thing that you could do that could maybe. And again, I don't think it would work. So I, you know, as we've talked about, but regardless, I agree with the concept. I just personally am out on trying to save the season. Very happy to let this coast to a top five pick and a not first place schedule and whatever. Because I don't think you know, like you always say, best case Carson, you know, plays well and gets in the playoffs. Like that ain't happening. Carson stinks. Right. And yeah. At this point, you know, and I just don't think I don't think Hurts is getting in the playoffs either. And even then, I just I don't think it's worth it. I think this team just sucks, and it's it's you know, it's a bummer, Elliot. It's a bummer. How crazy is it to think about that? Less than three years ago, Elliot. Less than three years ago, Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz were massive. Massive reasons the Eagles won a Super Bowl. Less yeah, than three it, years. It feels like three hundred, Elliot. It feels like it's been three hundred years since then. It's crazy. And it's not even. It's not even just that. Two years ago, they were in the divisional playoffs and a drop pass away from the NFC Championship game. Like, it it sank quickly. It sank very quickly yeah, for this team. Yeah, but it is sunk. The ship is broken. And again, it was on display again tonight. Like I said prior, the Eagles. Made a mistake drafting Jalen Hurts in the second round. It ruined their season in a lot of ways. And tonight was just, wow. tonight was the crescendo of it. It really oh, was. It's like, a great point. It, I'm with you. It's a great point, Elliot. It's a perfect line. Uh, so. Oh, and Jake Elliott guess, sucks. We knew that, though. Well, that's one of the more underrated, terrible things that Howie <laughs> no, did. No, that contract like, is again, just it's, awful. It's, it slid under the radar at the time. I don't know what else was going on, but like you sign a kicker to a deal where if you cut him, it's like an eight or nine million dollar cap hit. That's like, unbelievable. What what logic does that well, make? I was will there... say, I will say, for years we're like, oh, how he's genius, how he's genius, how he's genius. And you did bring this point up back in the day more than I think most people did. But he is a genius because he kicked the can down the road for a really, right. really, really long time. And oh, guess what? The can finally hit a wall. And you can't kick yeah. it down the road anymore, and that's where we're at. So yeah, he was a genius and all that, but you know he also kind of got himself into this mess. This mess is not 
a mistake. This mess is not, you know, whatever. How he got himself into this mess, and he deserves the blame for it. Like, he deserves the blame for it. Yeah, and I look, I think he's going to get it. Again, Lurie, Lurie can talk himself out of this, right? He can say it's a, it's a bad year in a COVID year where things are different. He can, but, you know, the results not are results. Not if he and, keeps watching this team play, Elliot. Yeah, Green Bay is going to be ugly next oh, week. So, fi- so final, like, take before the next pod just so I can get your firm opinion on this. You would start Jalen Hurts next week. I would start Jalen Hurts next week. Okay. All right. Just curious where you're at. Yeah. I would start Jalen Hurts. That's where I'm at. It's, it's very crazy. sad you've gotten to that point. It's cause... devastating on it. It's devastating. Let me tell you, buddy. It is a it yeah. is devastating point to be at. And again, I will reiterate what I said before. I don't think Carson Wentz is broken forever. But I think for this season, he's broken like and, and unfixable this season with the situation as it is with the coaching staff that's here with the roster that's around him. I just I don't think it's getting fixed. So. Yeah, no, I definitely not. And yeah, definitively not. I'm yeah. Bad. Ah, it was so bad, Elliot. It was bad. This team's bad. I hate him. I hate watching I can, this team. I man. can't believe they have to I go hate to it. Green Bay. Can't it's believe they go to Green Bay. Twelve thirty at night. We're talking about this team. I hate everything, Elliot. Well, I appreciate the people listening. I'll yeah, say that. Big time. For real. You're the real ones. We love you. We appreciate it. Elliot, I appreciate you talking to me. Uh, you got any final thoughts? Because cause I, I, got, I got nothing left, my friend. I've, I've, I've left it all on the field, unlike this Eagles team. At any point in any game this season, did they leave it all on the field? Yeah. Um, I mean, Alex Singleton, I think, looks – you know, I, like I don't know if guy, he's, man. If he's like, like an every-down starter, but I think he's like a potential bright spot that they've found. Um. We didn't talk about the running. I mean, the lack of running game at all. Uh, I don't know. I mentioned it in passing, it, but, but you know yeah, where I mean, I'm at. Six it's, I'm getting sick of it Sanders, every like, week. What are we doing? Best player on your offense, Miles Sanders. Oh, let's give him the ball six times. Terrific. It's yeah. Great. I, I mean, mean it, it made no I, sense. It was just like. I wasn't watching the game thinking they needed to run it more, but I would agree, like, not not ideal that he only had six ideal. carries. Now, he only got 15 yards for him, so it is what it is. But, but still, you got to keep doing it, man. Like, come on. It's still so funny to look at the box score and see Wentz threw it 45 times and Jalen Hurts threw it once. Uh, it's what just awful. What are we doing? It's so silly. So silly. But, yeah. So, I mean, look, it was not the exciting game we hoped. It was not the seeing what Jalen Hurts it can do It was exactly game. what I expected, Elliot. Mine is not seeing Hurts more. I, it was a bad team losing to a better team. Honestly, I expected Seattle to look better and beat up by more. But, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Well, Green Bay next week should be interesting. I know I saw that they're seven point underdogs on parks. I'd imagine that will be going up. Can I, I can't take, imagine. Can I I'll take Green Bay that. now? Do I have to wait or I you mean on the heels now. on the heels of an all time cover there? I mean, we got lucky. We picked the game earlier in the week last week, so it was only five and a half for us. So us picking Seattle, we actually get the cover there, but but it well, got the to sad six... thing is I picked the Eagles. Oh, not to win, but Elliot. I picked, I picked oh, them to buddy. cover. I shouldn't have done it. Sorry, should not pal. have done it. Sorry about I mean, yeah, you should, I mean, it was – look, it was a half point. That's the crazy part. But then it got to six and a half by game time, and a lot of people had it. And then to go for two there when, when – yeah, why, why are you going for two there? What are you doing? Like, it's just uh, – that was clearly Doug just being like, fuck it. I don't even care right now. Just go get two. Uh, maybe yeah. Doug bet on him. Who knows? Um, all right. Um, this has been fun. Uh, we'll definitely be back later in the week. We'll bring you a, a preview pod on Thursday. Uh, talk about the excitement of Packers, Eagles, and then Friday, the picks pod. And uh, that's all Who I knows, got, maybe, man. Maybe an emergency pod if they bench Carson. Who knows? Who knows? Fingers crossed, Elliot. All right, you go home, get some sleep. I'll get some sleep and go to work in the morning, and uh, we'll regroup. And maybe be happier the next time we talk. You're okay from the rain. You survived the rains. So that's something to be thankful dude, for. Dude, dude, let me tell you. Today's rain was absolutely terrifying. It was literally <laughs> almost a tornado. It was beating down on my windows. Like, I, I legitimately was, like, laying in bed just, you know, being like, okay, like, it, so ended up being okay. We did get some water in our basement, but just the normal, like, little bit. So it wasn't a huge deal. But... Yeah, so the Eagles, but honestly, I was like, you know what? I'll go to the stadium. It'll get my head head off of it. And as normal, it was just painful to watch the game. So not ideal with the rain, but I was looking at the forecast. It looks like there will not be any serious rain for at least, you know, the next 10 or 11 days. So I got some time. Yeah, that's all we can hope for. Small joys. All right. Uh, We'll talk to you guys later in the week. Until then, he's out James. We'll see you guys later. (laughs) 